What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Broadcasting from the sprawling metropolis of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. This is a slightly twisted opinion. Greetings and welcome to the broadcast. I hope you're all doing well. Unfortunately, I'm not doing well. I have this head cold thing that's been going around. So when I arrived at the studio this evening, I asked my trusted assistant, Philippe, to run down to Rite Aid and get me some medicine for my congestion. I said to Philippe, I'm all clogged up. I need something to make me feel better. So Philippe ran down to Rite Aid, and he comes back, and he hands me a box of X-Lax. Yes, a box of X-Lax. Epic fail, Philippe. Epic fail. You have the wrong end. Okay, my problem is not constipation. My problem is congestion. But anyways, as soon as we're done here this evening, Philippe, I want you to return the box of x to Rite Aid and get a refund. Make sure you have the receipt. I'm not taking a merchandise credit. No, no. So anyways, on the drive in here, I had to stop at one of the local convenience stores to blow my nose because I didn't have anything in the vehicle that would suffice as tissue to blow said nose. So anyways, I go into the men's room of the store, and I go to one of the stalls, and I don't know how many of you out there are familiar with these newfangled toilet paper dispensers that are out there. They're like a sealed contraption with two rolls of toilet paper inside. And it's almost impossible to reach up inside of this thing and get any toilet paper at all. Every time you try to unroll it, you break off nothing but little sheets. You get nothing that's appreciable. And to make matters worse, these genius fiends decide to put these dispensers almost down near the floor. 
Now, that's not a problem if you're sitting on the toilet at the time. Okay, if you're sitting on the toilet in the stall, you can lean forward, reach under, and, you know, pull off the little tiny bits of toilet paper. However, I was not sitting on the toilet. I was standing to blow my nose. So, I had to bend over to get down to the toilet paper, and in the process of bending over, I got my head halfway stuck in the toilet. This is sheer madness, to say the least. I don't know what demonic, berserk idiot designed these toilet paper machines, but they, they should be put on trial for something. I made numerous attempts, and yet again, all I keep doing is pulling off little pieces of toilet paper. I mean, if you're in the process of trying to wipe yourself, you might as well just use your fingers and be done with it. So I gave up. I mean, I'm getting ready to take this and, and, and kick this toilet paper dispenser and just smash it into a million bits. But I didn't want to run the risk of getting arrested for destruction of personal property. So I got the bright idea, well, let me exit the stall and go out to the sinks. Out of the counter where the sinks are, they have the, the, the paper towel dispensers. This was also an epic fail. Because these days, you just can't reach up and pull off a sheet of paper towel. No, you have to wave your hand and from some sort of a little laser beam at the bottom of the dispenser, the little red flashing light, you wave your hand in front of this little flashing red light, and the paper towel is supposed to come out into your hands. Well, it doesn't work that way. I kept waving my hand in front of the little red light, and no paper towel was coming out. So I thought... Oh, let me do this. I'll jump down to the other end of the counter, to the other dispenser, and that one will work. No, no such luck. I'm waving my hand in front of that one. And still, no paper towels are coming out. Nothing, nothing at all. It's like, okay, I'll jump back to the other one. Maybe that's ready to, ready to work now. But no, it's not. So I'm going back and forth between these two devices waving my hands underneath them, and I'm looking like, you know, Fred Astaire, who's doing a Broadway musical while on some sort of a caffeine high. Not getting any paper towels at all. It's like, all right, let me do this. Let me, at the very least, maybe, you know, you know get some water on my face to wash off the snot that's running out of my nose. But then again, in this apparently germaphobe society we live in, you can't touch anything anymore. The faucets don't have handles. Yet again, you got to wave your hand in front of a little flashing red light. And when you do, the water is supposed to come out of the faucet. So I did this. I waved my hands under the, the faucet thingy with a little red, little red light. 
No water comes out. Nothing. Not even a drip. I wish I could say the same for my nose. So I go to the next sink, thinking, ah, this one will work. But again, I'm foiled. My quest ends in failure because there's no water coming out of this one either. And needless to say, the third sink produced the same results. So I go back to the middle sink, and I'm frantically waving my hands under it. I'm tapping it. I'm waving my hands again. I'm looking like a raccoon begging for a meal. Nothing is happening. By this point in time, I'm furious. I'm livid. I'm disgusted. What has society come to when the simple act of going to a, a, a restroom and, and doing anything ends in nothing? So I look, and on the wall of this restroom, I don't know how many of you have seen this in public bathrooms, but there's a button on the wall. It's usually a red button, a big red button. It's like one of those game show buttons they push, you know? And above the button is a sign it says, we strive to make sure that you have an outstanding experience at our restrooms. Well, first of all, outstanding experience in a restroom could cover almost any sort of activity, but I'm not going to go there. And I'm thinking to myself, I'd like to start punching that damn button till I shove it right through the wall. But no, I maintained some composure. And I thought to myself, you know what? What happens if you do push that red button? Does an elite squad of toilet training commandos come out of nowhere and swoop in and fix the problem? Or is there is there is a message is that is there a message sent off to their corporate office informing them of the bathroom problem? Or more than likely does it just send a signal out to the 19-year-old girl at the counter who ignores it because she's busy looking at a dick pic sent to her by her boyfriend? And then another horrifying thought came across my mind. This convenience store, as well as other places out there these days, serve food. Now, if I'm not able to wash my hands when I'm in there, this probably means that the people who are handling the food, the employees, they're not washing their hands either. So here you have people who are cooking and making our little meals that we buy there, who go to the bathroom, they're handling their junk and or wiping their nether regions, and not washing their hands when they're done. So they're touching my food with all their genital germs and germs from their butts getting into my food. This is not really acceptable, to say the least. There, there, there has to be someone that we can talk to about this somewhere. This is just wrong. Haven't they ever heard of things like the Black Death? And that bad hygiene kind of contributes to those sort of situations, which are really not good situations at all. 
But who am I to say? What do I know? I'm just trying to get into a bathroom and clean the snot off my nose. And the reason I probably got the cold in the first place is because other people don't are not able to wash their hands. What a freaking vicious little circle we're into here. My God, it's the 21st century. Let's get with the program. Anyways, now that I'm finished with that little rant, time to move on to something else here. So on the, also on the drive in to the studio, I passed a cemetery. Now, granted, there's really nothing too humorous or funny about cemeteries, at least in most cases. But I couldn't help but notice this cemetery had a huge sign. Actually, well, it was more like a billboard. Out front, and in big red letters, the sign read, Burial Plot for Persons. $1,200. Okay, now, I have some questions here. When it says, burial plot, four persons for $1,200, does this mean there's like four people in that grave? Or is it four separate, four separate graves? Now, four people in one grave, that's a crowd. Well, no, that's actually a mob. Okay. Now, granted, that would be a decent price, but I don't want to spend all eternity crammed in the same hole with three other people I probably don't know. This is why I don't ride subways. I try to avoid such crowding. And I got to thinking... It's like, have we come to this point with marketing products that someone felt compelled to put a huge sign like that out in front of the cemetery? Now, cemeteries are supposed to be like a place of eternal rest and, you know, some dignity. But here's this huge billboard, which looks like something you'd see advertising for a Hooters somewhere. And it's, it's proclaiming this, I, I guess a, a flash sale, I don't know, whatever you'd call it, on their, on their, on their plots. It's kind of like crass and in bad taste, really. And do they really need the money that bad? I mean, the, the, this is kind of like a grave situation. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Sorry, sorry. It's a head cold made me do it. Sorry, sorry. But if you, if you decide to sign up for this deal, just ask questions first because I, I suspect they're, they're going to chuck all of us into one hole and just, you know, make a fortune off of this deal, which is kind of wrong, I think. But, you know, whatever. All right. Moving on here, if I can find my notes that Philippe helped prepare for me. Bleep. X-Lax is not a cure 
for nasal decongestion. You do know that, right? Just checking. It, it, Philippe, have you noticed that my coffee cup is half empty, Philippe? Hmm? Okay. I'm tapping my fingers here, Philippe. Do you, do you think you could, like, remedy that situation with the coffee cup? Thank you. You do that. Always makes me nervous because when Philippe goes to get coffee or make coffee, he goes to the bathroom at the end of the hall. Now, the area to make coffee is to the right. There's no reason why Philippe should be going into the bathroom with my coffee mug, but he does. I'm a little suspicious. Actually, I'm very suspicious of Philippe. The man drives a Ferrari. All right? Enough said. Anyways, I mean, Ferraris are nice, but how did he afford it? That's what I like to know. Moving on. So today we were going to try something different. We were going to, we, we made up this little like wheel of fortune thing. And on this wheel, there were different topics. And we were going to spin the wheel. And wherever the wheel landed, that would be the topic of discussion for this particular episode. Well, I sat down, I spun the wheel, was getting all excited, and suddenly the wheel popped off the spoke on the wall, the wheel fell down upon the floor, and the wheel roll, rolled away across the floor. I don't know where in God's name it went to, because now we can't find it. I think it disappeared under the desk or something. But yes, it rolled away. And with it, rolled all the ambitions for this episode. And of course, Philippe made the wheel out of materials he purchased at the dollar store. Another epic fail, Philippe. Indeed. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of wing it here. I'm going to kind of improvise. I'm going to fake it. You know, just like the Trump administration does. I'm just going to fake it, okay? No clue what I'm doing, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it look like I am knowledgeable of what I'm doing. So, I'm going to cover a few of the more unusual news headlines that I happened to notice while browsing online a little while ago. And going through the Reuters, Reuters um, website, there are a couple of stories that just really just jumped out at me. The first story was this man who went to an art an art show at this place called Art Basel. Yes, Art Basel in Miami, Florida. So inside this show, the man saw he took notice of a banana taped to a wall. So this guy takes the banana off the wall and he eats 
the banana. Well, as it turns out, the banana was part of an exhibit. This banana was literally a work of art that was valued at $120,000. And he ate it. Okay, so it's like the guy just grabs his banana and takes it. Not to thinking that it might be like someone's lunch or something. I mean, not even considering that this thing is like some sort of a valuable work of art. But he just takes it and eats it. And apparently, this guy has no remorse or he's not even sorry for eating the $120,000 banana. Apparently, he has no taste for art, obviously. All I can say is, let's keep this guy away from the Mona Lisa. And, oh, please, please, don't let him anywhere near the statue of David. I can only imagine what he would do with that. Just saying. Some people... Although you think they might have labeled the banana with a little brass plaque or something, but, you know, they didn't, obviously. So, so anyways, um, moving on. Um, this past week, apparently, the United States Department of Agriculture has removed the fictional country of Wakanda from an online list of countries that have free trade agreements with the United States. I have a question here. Why are we making up fictional countries to put on a list of trade trade agreements with the United States? Is this kind of like beefing up a resume or something? To show that we have a whole bunch of countries that are with us when in fact like half of these countries are probably fake? Of course, we have a fake president, so, you know, go figure. So, just so you know, if you're thinking of doing business with Wakanda in the future, Wakanda not only has been removed from the list, but they no longer they don't they didn't exist in the first place. That's kind of a scary thought when you run it through your head. Now, this this one last news headline I'm going to go over real quick here. I don't even know how to begin to wrap my head around this one, nor would I really want to. Apparently, in the Philippines, there is this group of secondary school students who have discovered a secret technique to turn dog poop into bricks. Yes, you heard correctly. They have discovered a way to turn doggy doo-doo into building bricks. Now, (coughs) excuse me. I've heard of naturally sustainable recycled building products, but that's, that's kind of pushing this to the nth degree. Um, 
apparently the logic behind this is, I guess there's a really big Dougie doo-doo problem in the Philippines. Uh, so these, these kids have found a way to not only clean the Dougie doo-doo up off of the ground, but at the same time, it is allowing them to make uh, what they're calling affordable building products. So yeah, I can understand. There's a certain amount of logic here, if you want to use the word logic. But it, it so so next time if you're going to build a home or something, and you're going to use brick, make sure that the builder uh, you know tells you where this brick is coming from. And also, also I I dare I dare some of you out there listening right now to to call Home Depot. Call Home Depot and ask of the... Indeed. It's a fascinating world we live in, to say the least. But in the final minutes here, before we wrap this up, um, let me see here. Well, Philippe's, Philippe has a cat, and the cat is currently roaming around the studio here. So it's a nice little black cat. I mean, it's just... It's, it's, it's just a very friendly cat, to say the least. I wish Philippe was as friendly as his cat is, but, you know, I guess you can't have everything in life, right? On my way home this evening, I'm probably going to stop at one of those Chinese buffets. We have quite a few of them in the area here, and they're all quite good, actually. They're all quite good. A uh, whole lot of food, a whole lot of eating, which is always good. Um, but... It, have you ever noticed if you've been to one of those buffets? It's if you if you've seen they have like usually a great, uh, really great assortment of food, and I don't know why Philippe is ringing. Hold on one second here. Philippe is still ringing the jingle bells we had in here left over from Christmas. I don't know why he's doing that. I think Philippe is is kind of losing in here at the moment. But anyways, getting back to the buffets. Most of these buffets have like a great sushi bar. Really tasty, tasty sushi. I like sushi. I don't know if you don't like sushi or not, but I, I like sushi. It's pretty good. So, but in, in most of these buffets, the sushi chef, the, say that three times fast, the sushi chef, chef, oh yeah, um, he is usually someone from Mexico. Yes, it's usually a, a guy from Mexico. So here you have a Chinese restaurant serving up Japanese cuisine that is prepared by a dude from Mexico. Interesting when you think about it. But just saying, just saying, you know, it's kind of the, the, the world we live in, I guess. You know, nothing wrong with it, but it's interesting. Interesting. And I'm starting to ramble here. So, you know, apparently it is uh, going to be soon time to uh, sign off here and, uh, you know, get to Rite Aid and get a refund on my constipation medicine. Indeed. Oh, and there goes Philippe's cat again running running around. There goes, there goes the cat. Just went under the thing over here. It, I, I hope the cat can maybe find a wheel... A wheel down there somewhere. 
I, I, I couldn't have gone very far. I know that. So, all right. Anyways, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, if you feel so compelled, please subscribe to this podcast. You won't regret it. Um, next couple of weeks are going to be interesting. We're going to do a few uh, good things. I'm uh, going to do an episode on uh, on the supernatural, which is kind of like one of my favorite subjects in life. For those of you who don't know, I have a, U- a YouTube channel that is called Unknown Domain 365. And the channel has videos on, as the name implies, the unknown and the, the strange stuff in the world, you know, ghosts and the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, stuff like that. So I'm going to do an episode here on the supernatural. It's going to have a little bit of a humorous twist on it, so I think you're going to like it. Also upcoming is going to be an episode on another favorite subject of mine, and that is televangelists. Yes, you know. Televangelists, oh, those rent-a-preachers who promise salvation and miracle cures, and the only cure and salvation they're delivering is to their own bank accounts. So that that's definitely going to be a very special episode. So you definitely don't want, don't want to miss that one. So long for now.